0: I'm E.G. Marshall. Mention Second Sight, forecasting the future, fortune-telling, and what springs to mind. The gypsy. Yet strangely enough, the gypsy himself, or herself, would tell you that fortune-telling is a gimmick, not an innate talent or a gift. For the true seer, if there is such a thing, it could only be a
1: curse. You kind, this. your fate. It is not permitted. Il Dono rules your life. You must continue to service it as long as you live. You cannot die till you pass it on to your daughter and to your daughter's daughter, And to
0: her daughter. Our mystery drama, The Terrifying Gift, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Roberta Maxwell. I'll be back shortly with Act One. live relatively uneventful lives. Would you, if you had a free choice, exchange the safety of your day-to-day life for a magic gift that would make you someone incredibly special, like no one else in the world? Before you answer that, let's have a look at Martha Harriet, who never asked to be special, but was selected by fate to be granted a boon most of us would give our eye teeth to possess. Or would we, if we could... Put ourselves in her shoes. Hello,
2: Don. It's Martha. Honey, where have you been? Oh, that's a long story. I hope it's a good one. Do, do you know I've been waiting oh, for please, you to pick me up? Don't be at... mad at me, Don. Something happened. Oh, oh, I'm not mad for me, just for Sheila. Sheila? Yeah. You know we promised to be home early tonight to take her to the Girl Scout family dinner. Oh, I
1: know, but oh, I couldn't help what happened.
2: Uh... What did? Uh, are you all right?
1: Yes, I'm fine.
2: Where are you? At the
3: station house, Precinct 18. The
2: police station? Mar- Martha, for heaven's... I'm
1: Don, don't get excited. I'm all right. I haven't done
2: anything. Well, then what are you doing at a police station? I had
1: to sign more
2: papers. What papers?
1: There's nothing to worry about, dear. They they just had to do with the corpse.
2: The, the corpse? Martha... No, I
1: shouldn't have said it that way. She was quite a sweet old lady, even if she was. Well, uh... Strange in the head. Martha,
2: what are you talking about? About the old lady who died in my arms. What old lady who... Oh,
1: just a minute, darling. What did you say, Lieutenant? Oh, yes, of course. Then I can go? Oh, that's fine. Lieutenant De Leo says I can go
2: now. You hop a cab then and get right down here. Subway'll get me there in twenty minutes. Okay, uh, meet me at the garage. It's closer. It'll save time. <laughs> Where are you going? A uh, tunnel and onto the belt. With any luck, we'll just miss the crush.
1: I'm sorry I kept us so late.
2: Never mind that. What happened to you?
1: It's all so crazy that looking back on it, I can't really believe it did. The whole thing is so silly, except for that poor old lady. I guess I might as well begin at the beginning.
2: Mm-hmm, fine. Now this time, go right on to the end, please.
1: Yes. Well, when I left you, I did some shopping. Then I got to my luncheon appointment with Judy Sands and she brought a niece of hers along who's going to Duke University.
2: Honey, couldn't we do without all the irrelevant details?
1: Ah, but they're not. This niece was a very peculiar sort of girl, but fascinating. First of all, I was a bit miffed that she dominated the conversation, but then it got sort of interesting.
2: What was it about?
1: Oh, it was about ESP. ESP? You know extrasensory perception, mind reading, clairvoyance, that sort of thing. This girl is a serious student on a scholarship
2: grant. So how did you get arrested?
1: I didn't get arrested. You
2: ended up at the police station. If
1: you'd just listen, I'd explain. Well, after lunch, it was still too early to meet you. So I started wandering, window shopping, thinking of all the things that kid had said when all of a sudden I spotted this little shop with Signora Buena Fortuna written across the top of the window. Know your future. Private readings. Reasonable prices come in.
2: You went to a fortune teller for crying out loud?
1: Well, I had some time to kill. And it was the kind of thing we'd been talking about at lunch. And I was curious and...
2: So uh, you went in?
1: Ah. Uh, yes. I couldn't help myself. I was drawn to it. I opened the door. There was a little old lady sitting. The oldest person I've ever seen. You wish a reading. Well, I I I don't know. I was just curious. Well, who is not? Curious about what the future holds. Come closer, child. I'm not really sure I want to. Oh, you're very pretty. Yes. Belina. Let me see the hands, please. I, I eh? think maybe I'll change my mind. I don't really believe. <gasps> Dio <mio. gasps> Madame. Uh, Signora. Are you all right? Ah, I should have known. He would send you at last. He? Who would
3: send? The good Lord who watches over us all.
1: Benvenuto, Luisa. Welcome home. Look, please... Let, let me go. My name isn't Louisa, it's Martha Harriet. And... Oh, no, your name is Louisa Alberni Buona Fortuna. No, please. My husband is waiting for me, and. So you took the name of your husband, but before that. Before that, my name was Martha Banks. And before that, it was Louisa Bonafortuna. Now, you listen to me. I tell you the truth. There is only truth told here. But I'm not this Louisa, whoever she was. She was my granddaughter that I have not seen in 30 years. Oh. I'm sorry. Did she die? I never knew. Please, please, you must not be afraid. I I am an old woman, sick and dying. And I have a gift for you. Oh, no, not for me. I'm... Ah, Now I can die in the peace I never thought to find. Your mother was Sophia Teresa, my daughter. You never knew her, just as no one ever knew your father. Sophia was wild, headstrong. When she found that she was carrying you, she waited to bring you into the world. But she never... ...wanted you. So, when you were six months old, without my knowing, she sold you. Sold? There are always uh, people who want to adopt a baby. Oh, no, Avocato arranged it for her, and uh, she went back to the old life. You couldn't stop her? I didn't know till too late... My husband, uh, he was very sick. Uh, I had to take care of him. Uh, he died just after. What happened to your daughter? God punished her. She was killed by the car in a crash. The same night, uh, my Paolo died. Uh, I buried them both together. How tragic. You've been all alone these years? No. I had my work. Il dono. That kept me alive. Il dono? The gift. The second sight. But surely if... Well, if you can see into the future, you... I mean, couldn't you have tried to stop these things from happening? It is not permitted for the one with Il Dono... to know what is to come to her... or to those of her blood. Oh, I see. Ah, it's been a long, lonely time, Louisa. But now you are back. I can die... In peace. Yes, but I'm not Louisa, and if you'll forgive me, I really must leave. No, not until I pass on. Il dono, it is yours now. I, I know. I, I can't accept it. I. No, you must. Since the ancient days, it has been passed on from mother to daughter to the last remaining girl child. The chain cannot be broken. The holder of this gift can never die until she can bestow it on the follower. But it wouldn't be any good to give it to me. I'm not the person you think I am, and I don't want it. You cannot refuse you must carry the burden now Luisa Alberni Buona Fortuna to you I give il don (laughs) Signora Signora oh dear lord now what do I do What am I going to do?
2: That's quite a story, honey. What did you do?
1: Well, I just couldn't leave her. She was dead? I thought so. But I couldn't be certain. I called that emergency police number. And the police came and they... Well, you know, this nice lieutenant asked if I could come over to the police station and just make a statement of what happened.
2: Well, you didn't tell him the cockamamie story about her thinking you were her long-lost grandchild.
1: No, I I just said I I was a customer and that while we were talking, she had this um, this seizure and she died. I can't get her out of my mind.
2: Well, I hope you don't believe all that malarkey she fed you about uh, the gift. <laughs> of course I don't. Even though your uh, lunch companion have convinced you there is such a thing as second sight,
1: Even if there is, she couldn't have passed it on to me since I'm not her granddaughter.
2: It's a pity in a way. Might come in handy. I mean, uh, you wouldn't like to try to close your eyes, see if you could project to a poor but honest stockbroker what's going to happen in the market tomorrow. <laughs> like, say, uh, Kennebuck
1: Coal. You know I don't know anything about the market. Now, come on. Oh, let's drop this whole subject. Get home. Sheila will be chewing her nails, thinking we're going to disappoint her.
2: Uh, you want anything before I turn out the light?
1: No, darling.
2: Ah. Uh, it was a nice night, huh? And Sheila was happy.
1: Yes, she's growing up so fast. Mm. I wish... What, Martha? I wish we could have more children. One or so. Oh, so fragile an extension of us. Of what we are.
2: Yeah, we've been down this road too often before, darling. We can always adopt. Is that what you want?
1: No, I... I just want to protect what... Oh. What is it, dear? Uh, Kay, Stennett, wanted... To pick up Sheila with Penny tomorrow afternoon and drive them to Rye to the amusement park. Mm. Well,
2: why not? It uh,
1: sounds like fun. Um, I don't know. Sheila has an exam coming up. I, I think I'm going to lower the boom. Mm. You no,
2: know, whatever you say, darling. You, uh, you run the home ship.
1: You don't think I'm being too. Mm. Okay, for you. Or whatever anyone else thinks. I'm not going to let Sheila go with Kay. Hello? Oh, Amelia. This is Mrs. Harriet. Could I speak to Mrs. Stennett, please? What? When? On the way back from Playland? Oh, well, how, how serious? They were sideswiped by a truck? Kay is all right, but Penny is dead. Oh, how awful. Oh, yes, yes, I'll contact the hospital myself. I saw the whole accident in my mind. Thank the Lord I didn't let my little Sheila go along. I have stopped it. Did I really know it was going to happen?
0: Now, here is an intriguing circumstance. Is the death of her daughter's playmate a quite natural coincidence? Or did Martha really have a prescient knowledge that disaster hovered over the trip to Playland? Was it just a lucky hunch that saved her daughter? Or has she really been given the gift? Can she now read the future? I shall return shortly with Act Two. If you were offered the privilege of looking down the long tunnel of the future, would you accept it? There are obvious advantages. You could put every cent you owned on the long shot that would make you a millionaire. But what of the obverse side of the coin? A vision of the obituary column in the next day's edition of the paper, or next month's, listing your husband, your child, or even yourself. Would you really want this knowledge?
2: Hi, Martha. Mm-hmm. How was your day? Rugged. Oh, what happened?
1: Let's get out of this rat
2: race before we talk. You got me worried, hon.
1: That's nothing compared to the stew I'm in. How was your day, breadwinner?
2: Hey, super. One of the best days of my life. Thanks to you. Thanks to
1: me? Well,
2: sort of. Obliquely. Uh, Remember uh, I was kidding about Kennebuck Coal? What? Uh, Stock I own. Oh, yes. Well, guess what? I followed my hunch and sold it short. This afternoon, it went south. Went south? Yeah, the bottom fell out of it. Went down ten points by closing. By tomorrow, it'll hit the floor. We are very lucky, honey. We stand to make a bundle.
1: Oh, no. Hmm?
2: Did you say something?
1: I, uh, I just don't feel very well. Would you mind driving? Oh, of course
2: not. But what is it?
1: I'll tell you when we get home. You saw the accident? I don't know how else to say it, Don. It was last night when we were going to sleep. And I closed my eyes, and suddenly it was all there. The truck cutting in on Kay's car, spinning out of
2: control, and then the crash and Penny. Yes. What about Penny?
1: I knew she was dead. Don't you understand? I knew Kay was all right, but that Penny was dead. Just as Sheila might have been if I'd let her go along. I saw it. I knew it. Honey, what's the matter? Don't
2: get so upset. You look scared.
1: I am scared, Don. Of what? Of what happened yesterday.
2: You mean you think that old gypsy fortune teller, whatever she was, put some kind of whammy on you? come on, honey. That's silly. is
1: it? Is it? Is it, Dawn, after my seeing Kay's accident before it happened? Oh,
2: sure it is. You were dead tired and rattled last night after a pretty harrowing experience. That poor old dame dying practically in your arms like that made the, made the rest of the nonsense haunt you.
1: But I knew there was going to be an accident.
2: Oh, you just had a hunch, like I did, about the stock. Come on, you can't read the future. You don't have second sight any more than I do.
1: I hope you're right. Well,
2: uh... How's Sheila taking the accident?
1: She's devastated. Penny was her best friend. Where is she? In her room, resting. Dr. Schultz told me to give her a sedative.
2: Maybe I'll look in on her.
1: That would be nice. That old lady making me out to be somebody else, giving me all that mumbo-jumbo about being her granddaughter and the gift and... Uh, Don. Mm-hmm? Would you mind if I booked a flight to Cleveland tomorrow and flew out to see my mother? Well, what for? I think for my sanity, I've got to find out from her who I really am. Darling, I thought you'd never get here. Hello, Mother. How are you? I'm oh, all right. Well, come in. Come on in. Oh, haven't you got any bags? No, I just brought myself. Oh, I, I've been on pins and needles all morning waiting for you to get here. I told you the plane wouldn't get in until nearly 11. I know. But it, it just seemed to take take you forever to get here from the airport. Oh, frankly, darling, since you called me yesterday, I, I've really been out of my head worrying what this trip is all about. Oh, it... It's not trouble between you and Don. No, Mother. Um, there's uh, just something rather serious I have to talk to you about. Oh, of course, dear. Uh, anything, anything. You sit down. Oh, you, you do look so tired. You, you want something, dear? Tea, uh, coffee? Nothing. But I will sit down. Sit here on the couch with me, Mom. Of course. What? What is it, darling? I'll try to help. You always have. Something very strange happened to me the day before yesterday. An experience that's really shaken me up terribly. What? What happened? I went to to a fortune teller's place. You? You? Oh, (laughs) you never believed in such trash. I was shopping in New York, and it was too early for Don to be able to leave the office, so I wanted to kill some time. There was another reason, but it it doesn't matter anymore. The point is, I went. Uh, uh, And this this, this, uh, charlatan person prophesied that something dire was going to happen to you? No. It wasn't about my future at all. What I learned about was my past your past yes there was a very old lady there who looked at my palm and insisted that I was her granddaughter her granddaughter? yes that her daughter had had me illegitimately and put me out for adoption that my name was Luisa Alberni Bonafortuna and you believe that? I don't know But it has become the most important thing in my life, that I know. Am I this Louisa? It's a very pretty name. You haven't answered me, Mother. Darling, I suppose I've always known that this moment was inevitable. I've prayed all your life that it wouldn't be, and I have dreaded that it might. I'm not your real daughter. No, darling. No, you're not. We adopted you when you were six months old. And you never told me. There were so many times when I thought we should. But I... I I didn't want to lose the way we were, Martha. The two of you were my life. You especially, Mom. Oh, Martha. Martha, I'm so ashamed. Am I really Luisa Bonafortuna? I honestly don't know. You see, a a lawyer made all the arrangements for us. We, We never knew your real name. But I could have been she. Yes. Darling, is that really so important? I haven't told you all about my meeting with the lady who claimed to be my grandmother. I haven't told you she died in my arms or that she left me an inheritance. What? The gift of second sight. The ability to read the future, to read what it holds for everyone about me. Well, how, how could she do that? Superstition. Ancient magic, handed down from generation to generation on the female side as long as... As time shall last... Oh, that sounds like so much nonsense. You haven't had to live through the last days with me. I suddenly do know what's going to happen to people on the plane here. I had my heart in my mouth. A young girl on the way to the West Coast to join her husband, who was a pilot in the Air Force. And I knew... I could see... her husband crashing on a training landing... Martha, my darling, what, what can I say to you? I I am just appalled. I, I never dreamed a disaster like this could happen to us. Just because I ached for it, because I wanted a child so much. That part of it is all right, Mother. Nothing will change that. It doesn't matter who I was. The real part of my life is with Dawn. But now that the past has caught up, I... I just have to try to adjust. One thing I have to know is about myself. Who am I? Or who was I to begin with? The the terrible thing that I have to say to you, Martha, dear, is that I can't answer that question. Then who can? The lawyer who arranged with us for your adoption to begin with. If he's still alive. His name is Denton Schuyler. I just hope you'll forgive me for invading your privacy like this, Mr. Schuyler. Not at all,
2: my dear. Any break in the monotony of my monastic life in this sanctuary for the senile is welcome. Welcome, in particular when it brings so pretty a girl.
1: You're very kind, but can you help me?
2: <laughs> I'm not sure.
1: All I want to find out is the name of my real mother. Why? Well, I I couldn't explain that. It's really too complicated. But it's desperately important to me.
2: Well, you're a woman grown. Uh, Were you not happy with your surrogate mother, Mrs. Banks?
1: I couldn't have asked for a better mother. I never wanted another.
2: Then why look for one now? What could she
0: give you that the woman who brought you up
1: didn't? Nothing. She's long ago dead. But her mother, perhaps my grandmother, left me a legacy. All I ask you is to remember my mother's name. The woman who brought me as a baby for you to place for adoption.
2: You say she's dead? Yes. And the grandmother? Yes. Ah, then nobody could be hurt. The name. How could anyone forget that name? Bona Fortuna. She was your natural mother.
1: So it's all true.
2: Now, you must go, child. I,
4: I'm sleepy. I,
2: I, I can't remember what you
1: came for. Uh, d- uh, d- did, I, did I tell you what you wanted to hear? No. But you told me what I had to know. Oh, Martha, darling. Oh, just take me to the airport, Mother. I've got to get home. But I'll worry about you. I'd rather you pray for me. Why? This legacy from my family, now that I know it's mine. It's no gift. It's a curse. I'll just have to try to learn to live with it. If you really can foretell the future, dear, there there must be some good things about it. <laughs> yes, At least I can reassure you that the plane I'm going to fly in won't go down. But as I take off, I have this deep foreboding... and a secret wish in my heart that the plane would crash... and there would be no future for me. But I can't wish that. I can't hurt other people. But beyond doubt... I know that the only way to neutralize what I feel is so strongly an evil power is to sacrifice myself. You cannot
3: escape your fate. It is not permitted. It also
1: rules your life. You cannot die until you pass it on to your daughter and to your daughter's daughter and to her daughter. Dear Lord, no. Not Sheila. She can't be asked to bear this burden too
0: obscure English classical scholar, the 17th century left us with an enduring quotation Whom the gods would destroy, they first make mad Is that what destiny holds in store for Martha Harriet? Is she condemned for the rest of her life to bear the sorrows of the world on her shoulder and worse still to pass this albatross of fate on to her innocent daughter I shall return shortly with Act 3 Martha's future is as dark and speculative as all of ours It's only other people's she can read And what use is it to tell someone he's going to be lucky Let him enjoy it when it comes or to warn him of future mishaps Which the inexorable law of fate Will not permit him to escape Martha is right Il Dono is no blessing It is a curse Be reasonable,
2: Martha I've lost
1: the capacity to be reasonable, Don It can't help us I can't read our stars That's a closed book to me That's part of Il Dono Oh, come on now, What about Kennebuck Cole? What about it?
2: Why do you think I had the guts to sell short?
1: You said it was on a hunch. Your hunch.
2: But it was a hunch I'd never have had if I hadn't known you could somehow see I was right. Now, let me tell you something. You can thank heaven we climbed out of it. You must know how extended I am, how how near we are to the ragged edge.
1: No, Don, I don't. Being a stockbroker
2: a chancy business. Now, if I can't swing something big soon, the firm may be in serious trouble. I'm asking you to help me, to help
1: us. I'm trying to explain to you that I can't. Can't or won't? Don, please, darling, don't press this. I have to. I have to
2: make you understand. Now, how much is it going to drop tomorrow? I
1: won't tell you.
2: Oh, this time it's won't. That means you do know, right?
1: Don, for pity's sake, help me. Don't fight me. It can't be used for me or anyone close to me. Well,
2: you knew that Kay and Penny were going to have the accident. Oh,
1: don't remind me of that. Yes, I knew about them. I didn't see Sheila in it. If she'd been a victim, too. Don't you understand? I wouldn't have. That's the blind spot.
2: But you can shut your eyes and see tomorrow's stock reports. You can tell me
4: about those. No.
1: Even if I could, I wouldn't. Don, please, I don't want this power. I don't even want to believe I have it. It's only destructive. Look what it's doing to us. We're quarreling seriously for the first time in our marriage. You actually hate me right at this moment.
2: I think as long as you've been struck by lightning, you might as well use the gift you have. And
1: all I want to do is to get rid of it. Or better still, to prove that it was all a delusion. A sort of sickness. Mm hmm
2: And how do you propose to do that?
1: I've made an appointment with a psychiatrist. Let's see what he can do for me.
4: Come in, Mrs. Harriet. Thank you, Dr. Phillips. Won't you uh, sit down, please?
1: Don't I ever get to lie on the couch?
4: (laughs) Not here, I'm afraid.
1: That's not your method.
4: Well, it is when I think a patient needs analysis, but you don't. You see, I'm... I'm afraid there's no way I can help you.
1: What? Uh... Um, I think I will sit down.
4: Let me explain. When you first came to me last week, I was confident that I would be able to help you. During that visit and your two subsequent visits, I reviewed in depth your medical history, your mental state, your psychiatric balance... And I found that you were an eminently healthy, well-balanced, intelligent young woman.
1: With one very large problem that upsets all that.
4: Yes, and a most intriguing one. I must admit that in my practice I had never encountered such a strange and uh, persistent hallucination. But I found myself at a loss to diagnose its cause.
1: Maybe... Foreseeing this terrible accident in which my friend's little girl was killed was just, uh, oh, you know, overprotectiveness on my part because Sheila is an only child.
4: Mm, And foretelling the stock report?
1: It could have been a lucky guess. And the
4: things that you foresee happening to everyone you come in contact with that you can't shut out of your mind?
1: I don't really know that they're going to happen. I could just be guessing... That old woman had such a blazing intensity that... uh, Perhaps she just mesmerized me into believing that I... I have a power I don't have, that I don't want.
4: Yes, I can understand that. But it isn't something you can run away from.
1: I don't want to run. I want to face it and get cured. Clear this obsession or or whatever it is out of my mind,
4: I'm afraid you can't do that,
1: there must be some way
4: I don't think so why not because because my dear, you are a true clairvoyant, it isn't a disease or a sickness or a hallucination, it's a a gift, a true gift. Mrs. Harriet, you remember on your last visit I asked if you minded submitting to hypnosis?
1: Yes, of course.
4: Well, while you were under, I asked you a series of questions about events that would happen between then and this visit. I asked you to visualize a newspaper and read me the headlines you saw and the, the makeup of the front page. Well, here it is. Today's paper just as you saw it and read to me word for word three days ago.
1: No. No. Oh, please, Dr. Phillips. I couldn't stand going through the rest of my life like this. I can't live with it. And when I think that I... I might pass this on to my daughter, I won't live with it. Oh, no, no,
4: Mrs. Harriet. Now you are acting like a prospective patient.
1: That old witch cast some kind of spell on me. I have to... Exorcise her. Cast her out. I shouldn't be here. I should be talking to my minister.
4: Yes, he might be able to help you.
1: He'd better be. Because if he can't, there's only one thing left for me to do. What? Exorcise her myself. If the only way to kill her influence is to kill myself, I'll do it. (laughs) all right now. One turn of the wheel and the car goes through the guardrail and down the mountain into the river. Not for me. For Sheila. Why not? Because you can't. (gasps) Signora! Grandmother! Please, help me. Free me. I can't, cara mia. It is our fate. We who are chosen, we must live with it. But not my little daughter, not Sheila. She cannot escape it. You must pass it on. I won't. You have no choice. I could take my life. This evil thing would die with me. It will not. And you cannot try to turn the wheel. I... And so you must live with it. And your daughter and hers through the end of time. As it is written in the book. What book? The book of faith. The book of the devil. Oh Lord, please help me. don't have to walk me to my car father
4: it's going to rain oh well dear me it has clouded over hasn't it bleak and ugly like your mood, my child and I, I think i will see you to your car i have a few things left to say
1: but no way to help me except tell me to pray
4: well there are only two who can help you my dear god and yourself come on come on let's go before the rain i've tried everything
1: There's no way I can help myself. I can't
4: live with a father, the pain, the suffering. You can't understand. You know, when I was a young priest and I first began to hear confessions, I thought, too, that I I couldn't live with all the burdens people brought to me, bearing their souls and their hearts, till I was filled to bursting with their guilt and, and their remorse and their anguish for a long while I thought I would turn my back on the glass and run out into the world where I could rid myself of the problems of others. And then, you see, I remembered the other side of my mission. The help I could bring. The of peace I could bring to so many troubled souls. And it balanced out. Can you not find... An equation like this in your life. This
1: power I have is evil. I'm possessed. You were my last
4: hope. Well, I still am.
1: You couldn't offer me any assistance.
4: Ooh, something dramatic, like an exorcism. Eh? Oh, <laughs> the church would not permit me, my child, without proof that you are invested by a demon.
1: But I am... This power is evil. Or
4: a gift from God that only he can take away. How? Through prayer.
1: I need something stronger than that.
4: Now, what could be more powerful than prayer?
1: I don't think either of you would like my prayer.
4: You don't have to satisfy me, my dear. Only
1: the Lord. Then I would say, please, Lord... Free me from this curse. Or if you will not, since I cannot do it myself, reach out and strike me down.
4: Mrs. Harriet! Oh, my dear sweet god, Eleven. Oh, oh, your poor lost soul.
2: Darling, Don. All ready to go home. They tell me.
1: Yes, darling. Hold me. Just a moment.
2: Oh, just a lifetime. Oh, my darling, it's a miracle.
1: It's a miracle, all right.
2: The lightning didn't hit you directly. It was just a sort of uh, ricochet. There's no brain damage at all.
1: It did affect my brain in one way.
2: Well, how?
1: I guess it's like a a short circuit. It burned out one fuse. What? Ask me what tomorrow's headlines are. Or the stock listings. Or anything in the future.
2: Uh, all right. Uh, I'm asking.
1: I don't know. I haven't even the faintest idea. I'm back to myself again. That's the best miracle of all. (laughs)
0: Are you willing to accept our story without question? Or must you rationalize? Okay, try this. If a sensitive woman was mesmerized into truly believing she could forecast the future, couldn't she just as easily believe in the trauma after being struck by lightning that a gift she never wanted had been taken from her by divine intervention? It's up to you. I'll be back shortly. you read, as I did a few weeks ago, of a man, a deaf mute, who was struck by lightning and lived. Not only without damage, but with the miracle of being able to speak and hear for the first time in his life. Truth is stranger than fiction. All things are possible. Our cast included Roberta Maxwell, Russell Horton, Carol Titel, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.